Recorded live. ...that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and our commentary on today's economic and political events for Wednesday, April 15, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Uh, well, I hate to say, usually I say happy Monday. Happy tax day? Nah, can't say that. We could say something like that tomorrow. 
I've only got, for those of you guys, myself, I like to file early, about 11 p.m. For those of you who wait right up until midnight, you get this. One way or another, you got to get this thing filed. You know, many, 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 many years ago, Arizona, I remember my mother. She was, she was a late filer that year. And I mean late filer. She stayed up. You know, she worked hard. She was a hardworking woman. And um, she had to, like, 9, 10 o'clock, you know, she was running from her job to, to make sure that her taxes stamped at the post offices open at that time. I don't know if they still do, but they re- usually remained late. The particular one at that time was open later, so people could get make sure that their taxes were postmarked. The, the I saw how I saw her run to that post office make sure that her taxes were postmarked. That is when I, my eyes really kind of opened. This is probably 30 years ago, maybe more. It's when my eyes really opened, and it's like, what is wrong with that picture? Have that type of fear yep. that you have to be running, that you're so fearful of being late and what they can do to you if, by heavens, you make a mistake or you're just not there to get it postmarked on time. Nothing in this shouldn't fear anything like that, not from your government. But the government disagrees with likes the people to be fearful. They have probably stands where they can watch the post office from the dark and the government officials. Look at look at look at run. Look at look look see that woman running there. It was just very disturbing now. It was just very disturbing, and, and that's probably the one thing that opened up my eye. And I never rushed again to get my tax. I mean, I'll do the extensions if I'm late or or things like that. But uh, and you know, I'm usually done early. But uh, I don't. Um, anyway, so today is tax day. We're going to be talking about here in just first. We're going to go to gold. We have gold up ten fifty. 1050 on gold at 1203.40. 1203.40. Silver's up 16 cents today. 39. And platinum up 11 at 11.66. And palladium is up six points at 750. But DX today is down 41.41 at 98.33. Crude oil was up. 2.67 at 5.96, and the paper markets today were up big, up strong on the uh, announcements from Froggy before and after he was attacked. <laughs> the Dow was up 75 points, although it was up triple digits most of the day. It's come off its high, landing at 75 at 18,112. Excuse me. NASDAQ was up 33 at 5,011. The S&P was up 10 at 2,106. 10-year yield 1.90%. Euro 
seven. We were talking, and I talked a little bit prior to the program. We're talking about taxes. Uh, there was there's one website that posted some interesting articles. Taxes, the Patriot Post. You can go online, sign up for their free articles and so forth. And um, you know they report a lot of you know they'll send out the current news topics. Um, and today they wrote, of course, about tax. And Madison wrote of government welfare programs. He said, I cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article of the Constitution which granted a right to Congress of expending on objects benevolence, the money of the constituents, part of the legislative duty of the government. Neither Article One, Section 8 of our Constitution nor its Sixth Amendment gave Congress the authority to collect taxes for bailing out banks, mortgages, institution, mortgage institutions, Madison wrote, but um, of automakers or to subsidize production or service sectors like health care or to fund education and welfare, or to issue tens of thousands of earmarks for special interest pork projects, nor is Congress authorized to institute countless conditions for the redistribution of wealth in its nearly 75,000 pages of 4 million words of tax code alone, or to impose millions of regulations on everything from carbon emissions to toilet water volume. Well, it's true. The government has no business getting into involved in our charities. In fact, they should have left the charities to the churches. And there could be there are a bunch of reasons for that. For one thing, it would allow local people to be involved in the church, in the charity, to help poor people in your community. There's something to be said for that. You know, charity is not simply something that is a benefit to the poor. It's even of benefit to the people who contribute to the charity and participate in the charity. They get something out of it also, in my opinion. And we are ill-served by surrendering our, ob our, our obligation to engage in charity. We're ill-served by surrendering that to the government. Right? Um, I saw a couple of studies. I believe it was the Rand Institute. I can't recall clearly. This goes back in the 1990s. They did two studies, actually. They calculated how much of the money that the government collects that was earmarked for particular groups like minorities, or women, or children, or whatever. And they said, we've got to, we've got to raise a million dollars, or ten million, or a hundred million, or a billion, or whatever, to help the poor. How much of the money reached? They got a billion dollars out of the American taxpayer. About two hundred million, two hundred and fifty million on the first study. Another one, a couple of years later, said it was down to two hundred million. In other words, government consumes somewhere between seventy-five and eighty percent of the money that you and I are paying to help the poor, the blacks, the women, the children. Government consumes seventy-five to eighty percent of that money, and government approved middlemen. They got that, and the women, the children, the poor, they got twenty cents out of every dollar you paid. Now, the point is, is if you were inclined to really be charitable and you really wanted to help the poor, one of the first things you should do is stop helping the poor by means of government. Instead of giving $100 to the government, of which only 20 will reach the poor, why don't you go do your business with a church? 
give the church $50, of which 45 will reach the poor. Then the poor will get twice as much, and you will pay only half as much if you can get that government and government-approved middlemen out of the equation. Better for everybody except the government. Comes, oh, we're going we're gonna to help the poor. We're going to take care of the women and the children. How's it really worked out? Has this nation truly benefited from government's involvement in welfare and entitlement programs? Have we really benefited from that? I mean, you can point to the black community and the rest and say, well, they, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy question to answer. But have blacks on balance? One of the requirements of welfare, government got in and said, hey, we're going to do the charity. We don't need the churches anymore for that. We'll, we'll take care of that. One of the requirements was black woman, if she had a number of kids, she could have all the kids she wanted, at least for a while, but she couldn't keep a man in the house with her. Well, what did that do? It destroyed black families. The father became irrelevant. Government, in its infinite wisdom, drove the old black tomcat out the house. We have generations of children being raised without fathers. Don't even know how to be fathers. Don't know what to look for in a father. Have the did the African American community get enough welfare? Did they get enough money, enough entitlements out of government to compensate for having lost their fathers? But they didn't. Objective argument. Well, another example of the idea that we would be better off. If you want to help a poor person, go help them yourself. Take 20 out of your, you can take 20 out of your wallet and give it directly to the poor person, or you can take 100 out of your wallet and send it to the government. They'll keep 80 and give 20 to the poor person. Better deal. In the end, most of the charitable, charitable programs that the government operates are programs where the charity goes to the government. Support the government, the government regulators, and the government's approved middlemen. They'll get rich. They'll do well. Poor won't do so well, and the people who are productive won't do so well, but the government, government approved middlemen will. And it's part of a mindset that doesn't serve this country well. Very difficult to unroot, to uproot. Very difficult to convince people, look, you're better off without the entitlements. You're better off learning to work for yourself and support yourself than you are by giving money to the government or the alternative to taking money from the government. You're better off without it. Tough sales. Who will ever, who will ever accept the argument that they're better off without a free lunch? Government stock and trade is, we'll give you a free lunch. Work for me and I'll give you a free lunch. In a free lunches by 2010, we're going to continue a little bit on this theme for this first break. By 2010, taxes on the top 50% of income earners totaled almost 97% revenue, while some 40% of them virtually none of the cost of government. Much more ominous is the fact that almost 35% of Americans are now utterly dependent. Thus, they are predisposed to vote for the redistribution of others' incomes rather than work for their own. And in the words of socialist playwright George Bernard Shaw, a government which robs Peter to pay Paul can always depend on the support of Paul. When George Bush took office, and we all know these numbers, these numbers, all the time, 
that George Bush took office in January 2001, our national debt was $5.8 trillion. Today, under Obama, it is $18.1 trillion and continuing to skyrocket. This year, working Americans will pay almost $5 trillion in taxes to federal and state governments. The federal government still runs a regular deficit, and the national debt per taxpayer amounts to 155000 And to put that in perspective, if the average family budgeted like the government, they would spend more than $6,000 of 52000 even though they are already in debt of 310000 <laughs> Don't you wish the world <laughs> Hey, I'm in debt to a tune of 310000 I, like I only banker. make... Sir, I think... Mr. Banker, who was it that loaned you that 310000 You know? And, and uh, because, boy, I'd like to, I'd like to do some business with that banker myself. Oh, me too. You know, be it... before he goes out of business, because he's going to. The whole thing is just nuts. Again, it's not just a question of how big is the debt. That's one way of looking at it. But the flip side is how much do other people? How much have they loaned to the government? The government says there's sick 18 trillion in the hole. Again, John Williams says it's 100 trillion. Uh, Lawrence Kotlikoff, economist Lawrence Kotlikoff, and the Congressional Budget Office say no, it's over 200 trillion. All right. The idea is not just, oh, do we owe a lot of money. The idea is a lot of people are holding the government's notes. The government can't possibly repay its debts. It means all of those notes, those markers, those IOUs, those U.S. Treasury bonds, they are all in jeopardy of being of default. Not all of them will default. In my judgment, 80 90% will. It could be 10% that gets through. 10%, 20% might be payable. But 80%, in my opinion, at least, maybe 90%, will not be payable. The, it's not just a situation saying, oh, you know, the debt is backed up by creditors holding pieces of paper where the government promised to pay those bills, and it's not going to pay them. And when those people find out their pieces of paper are worthless, then those people are going to say, Oh, oh, gee, I've just lost my assets for one thing. And for another thing, that paper, that perceived paper wealth will be wiped out of the economy. Suppose that the, that the government debt was only $18 trillion. Let's suppose that the government only defaulted on half of it, $9 trillion. And this economy withstand the loss of $9 trillion in paper assets. That's what's going to happen. When they default on the debt, they wipe out a correlative pile of paper assets. And will we survive the loss of $9 trillion? Economy is something like $16 trillion a year. Are we going to lose half of the money of this country? The money that, that's at least in the GDP in one year? Are we going to lose that and still stay afloat? It's not impossible, but I don't think it's going to happen. And then if the debt is as great as some people, again, John Williams at ShadowStats.com, Congressional Budget Office, they're, they're 100 to 200 trillion. No way. Can't be paid. Ever, ever, ever. Will never be paid. And can't be done. What happens if we wipe out what, $80 trillion? 
what happens if the government is forced to admit how big the debt really is? Can't get away with lying about that. Oh, we owe 18 trillion. No, you don't. You owe about 100 trillion and maybe 200 trillion. That's what you really owe. When are they going to come clean? What will force them? How will they deal with the debt problem if they can't even admit the magnitude of the debt? Can Obama come up, take the podium, and say, hey, my fellow Americans, you're never going to believe this, but guess what? We don't owe $18 trillion, We owe $100 trillion. <laughs> Can he do that? Can any politician come up and admit how much in debt we really are? Then come in and then follow that admission. Maybe not right that minute, but follow it soon enough. Well, then admit what? He can't say it. Good answer. The fault on all of that. I mean, lies and lies and lies. What a tangled web we weave when first politicians practice to deceive the public, and it just gets more complex. And we look at it, and we see it in the, tra- in the tax code. They say four million words or something, Melody. That's what they said or not, but it's still it's not it's not for clarification. The tax code doesn't clarify. It doesn't make it easier for you people to pay. It makes it harder for you to understand. It makes it harder for you to discover the truth. And in my opinion, they keep adding to it. Instead of simplifying, they make it more complex and more complex and more complex until no one on this earth, not one man or woman, can fully understand what's going on in this country. You don't understand. There's nobody listening. There is no one listening to this program right now who fully understands the income tax code. Most of the people listening can't even understand the little bit that applies to their 1040. I mean, the tax code includes things for how you how you tax airplanes and I don't know, there's ships and boats and everything else. There's all kinds of there's there's an enormous variety in the tax code. Not even, but the vast majority of people can't even understand the 1040. What kind of a tax code is it when the majority of the people understand what's going on? Why does it persist? Melody and I were talking earlier. There's been studies indicate 70% of the American people want a simplified tax code. It should be easy for a politician to step in and say, aha, would-be politician, I'm running for Congress, and if you vote for me, I guarantee to simplify the tax code. 70% of the people want that pretty much going to get their vote. It should be a standard arrow in the quiver of every would-be politician, and yet almost no one talks about it. And even those that talk about it aren't going to get it accomplished. Why? Government doesn't want a simplified tax code. Government wants a tax code that is so complex that no one can understand. We can speculate as to what the government's reasons are for wanting an incomprehensible tax code, but that's what they want. Certainly what we've had is what we've got, and I don't think nothing is impossible, but I don't anticipate a truly a true tax simplification movement to attract any attention in the Congress or the Senate. I don't expect that to happen anytime soon. No evidence of it right now that I'm able to understand. So, what can you tell you? Um... The world is strange, and you're not just ignorant. You know, a lot of people are confused by all of this. 
some of us would have to suppose, gee, I don't know why I'm so ignorant. How is it that I don't? They don't want you to understand. They don't want you to understand. The system has been engineered. It becomes so, so incredibly complex, contradictory, confusing. Come in and complain about it, and they, they will send you to reading chapters or sections or whatever. And by the time you get done reading, you won't. You'll be so confused. You won't necessarily remember your own name. So, again, just part of a world that is based on lies and exaggerations. And how long can that world last? If I have uh, to consider how long it lasts until we return from. heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll free, 866-229-3663, that's 866-229-3663, international callers dial 704-875-8010, or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
Folks, I'm Alfred Adams here with the Melody Peterson on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. What's next, Melody? Well, I just wanted to finish up that segment with uh, there was a Patriot Post. They had 102 years of income tax. What the difference was between 1913 and 2015. Top tax bracket at cents. Total tax revenues in 19 billion, and that is in today based on today's dollars. In 2015, it was billion dollars. A lot of change there, Al. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of change, a lot of government growth, and that's a government. Total number of tens. Bigger, 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 and they want to argue that the bigger they get, the better they can serve you, and it's absolutely true. Filed in 8,000 and in 2015, close to 147. Total pages in tax code in 1913, 400. Of course, as we mentioned earlier in the program, Total pages in tax code closer to 74,000. Pages. Pages. Uh huh. 74,000. You know, it's just insane when you talking about a time when this country was at least on the verge of becoming the most powerful in the world. We had a few hundred pages of tax code. While the nation is on the verge of a significant decline, is this just a coincidence, or are we listening, or are we looking at evidence of cause and effect? And I contend it's cause and effect. Government's grown too big. They've been, they've intruded in everything. As a result, we are all being diminished. And the government doesn't mind. They says, "Oh, the solution's the problem. Are you poor? Is your income down? All right." You're not making as much money as you did back in the day. Well, the solution to that is vote for Congressman John Smith, and he will do something to make you rich. Make the people that he truly represents the special interests that he truly like Democrats, but not you. Ordinary people. Government is not going to do anything to help you. So... It's our, and it's not just government's fault, it's our fault, because we don't essentially grab the congressman, grab the senator, and no uncertain terms. Do what's right for the majority of the people, not for the special interests. You know, that's one of the things. They had a, they had a, there was an amendment to the Constitution. It came to be called the Missing 13th Amendment, and it prohibited titles of nobility that anyone who grants granting title of nobility except one, you lose your status as a citizen and you can no longer. Bill was, it was a strange situation, and I know about it because I wrote a little book on it back in the 1990s when people brought their evidence to me, uh, David Dodge and friend's name, he passed on, former police officer. They were sitting in a library. Maine, 
went to the library, and it was an old library. It goes back into the early 1800s. might have gone back into the 1700s or earlier than that. I don't know, but it was an old library. It wasn't just built in the last 50 years or something. They're sitting there, and they asked the librarian, bring them the oldest con copy of the Constitution. Brought them one from... They read the, the copy of the Constitution. It had a 13th Amendment that is no longer there today. This is the one that prohibited titles of nobility. Now, a title of nobility, when they first saw this, they jumped on the idea that a title of nobility would prohibit lawyers. Right? Lawyers use the term esquire after their name. They allegedly have a title of nobility. This would have prohibited titles of nobility. A bunch of people jumped on it and said, oh, we'll get rid of the lawyers. Well, that was a nice idea, but I read it and I understood that it was far bigger than that. It would have meant no special interest legislation. It would have meant that you can't pass a law that favors the people over here and not the people on the other side. You had to only pass laws that were good for everybody at the same time. And if they did that, you wouldn't need Congress to meet more in a couple of weeks every year. You cut out special interest legislation, there's almost nothing for Congress to do. They could meet for a couple of weeks a year and go back home to regular jobs. It was a powerful amendment and, again, would have stripped the power of Congress to pass special interest legislation. The amendment was ratified. I think they needed, at that point, the amendment was ratified by something like 10 states, 8 or 10 states, I don't Needed one more to ratify, and then the War of 1812 broke out. There, the War of 1812 was forgotten. The amendment was forgotten. And a few years after the war, somebody came back and said, what up? What about they called a couple of states, including Virginia, and they said, have you ratified this amendment yet? And Virginia sent copies of a new state constitution that included in the appendix a copy of the Constitution of the United States. And they sent copies of this new state constitution, including a copy of the, government, the Constitution of the United States in the appendix. They sent it to the President of the United States and Secretary of State, maybe the President of the Senate or Speaker of the House, I don't remember. But they sent it to key government officials, and when they looked at it, they looked at the new constitution, new version of the Constitution of the United States, and they included By this means, it's believed that Virginia announced that it had ratified this 13th Amendment. But never found an official document. Virginia, Virginia expressly said it was ratified. Everything, you know, walked like a duck or quacked like a duck and so on. Well, that amendment was printed on something like when, when I wrote a book on this back in someplace in there. Uh, we collected the information from a host of, of archives where the amendment was found in different old books and whatever. And we had something like 23 separate states had ratified this amendment or, or printed it as ratified from about 1812 on up to the last time I saw this was 1876. I think Wyoming was the last state to, to print a copy of the Constitution that included this missing, what is now a missing third. 
David Dodge, who did most of the research on this and gathered most of the paperwork, a few years after I'd written a book on this and written a book on it, and David Dodge went to the archives, traveled to in the first place around the country, picked up the evidence, back to those archives, every archive he went to, the books that he had found eight years earlier, Evidence that he had found, it had disappeared. We have photocopies, actual evidence. So what's it all mean? It means government was determined. Turn itself into something massive. Did not serve the American people for some them for the benefit of certain special interests. And they continue to do so. Hey, congressman, do you have, or senators, do you have, or presidents, do you have, or have you had? Have represented your best interest? They represent whoever's putting money in their pocket. Bad thing to say, but isn't the truth? Voters are somebody government has to deal with. They really represent are people that aren't voting for them, per se, but are putting money in their pocket. So the Constitution and the government's things and places gives out of stability goes in places that we all know are wrong and unconstitutional, but they're good for the special interests, and so they do it. So, think, Melody? Well, absolutely. I mean, this morning I was Boston, you know, ex- um you're right, you know, he's pushing Jeb Bush. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is all about their interest. I did ask him about the, you know, some party ones, and, you know, he's just sort of, well, I'll vote for who's best for this country. Oh, boy. And I just, <laughs> I mean, you, you, that, I hope he, I he stuttered a little way. bit when he spit that out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to say, nope, I'm not going to vote for those Tea Partiers because, you know, they're just so far right, and uh, the Jet Bush is what it's going to be all about. And I can't even believe that the Republican Party would, I mean. They'll do it if they, I don't even know what the Republican Party does. Sometimes they point candidates that I think are guaranteed to like McCain, he handed he handed the election to. The minute he chose, almost ran again this time. Thank God he had the, you know, intelligence and integrity to say, "Nah, I'm not going this time." They go to Jeff Bush. Yeah, I know. Well, we improve. He didn't get him elected, so let's see if we <laughs> run a campaign. It really is funny. I mean, it's like, who are these people anymore? They, as, as wealthy as they are, think they get some competent people in order to. No, I don't think so. I mean, even well, they get competent people, but not competent candidates. Puppet, you can't have a very intelligent puppet. 
point, I don't understand what was going on and decided to stand up for himself. Not a good deal. We need to control our role. Insofar as he's running the political campaign for a candidate, no role. These guys need to be controlled. Get the guy elected while the puppet just stands up there and reads off the teleprompter. Classic example. Hillary will be another one. I think Hillary is prone to making foolish remarks in public in large meetings. She's impulsive. Good. And she will say things that she did relative to someone where they were talking about the, the poor Americans that died of Benghazi, and she responded, what difference does it make? Essentially, who cares if they're dead? So what? You're done. Let's, let's move on. That's the kind of remark that's in I'm going to guess that if Hillary gets into many big public confrontations, I bet she's going to say some things. She's liable to say some things. Abby will probably run to the right. I saw, you know, as it was being bragged about who she hired to handle her campaign. He was a young, young up and coming and, you know, blah, 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 coming over from some other successful campaign. Well, her, her logo is a big H, the red arrow across the center of it, sort of. Yeah. A TV reporter going around asking people what they thought of it, and everybody thought that it meant the hospital. It was a sign for the hospital with yeah, an H. Yeah, it's shot by an arrow. Here's the hospital. It specializes <laughs> in people who've been attacked by Indians. So. Yeah, but, you know, so, yeah. I think she's just meant to be a distraction. I still think O'Malley will be there. No, we shall see. It's part of the fun, I guess, if it can be construed. The best you can say is part of the fun. It might be at least it's part of the interest we're going to keep it. Take a break for some more commercials. I'm Alfred Addison with Melody Peters. We'll be back in just a moment. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-227-5050. 
1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Dance. We are, to my opinion, we do. 
U.S. industrial production uh, we've had the biggest drop in almost six years. Industrial production, production, and that includes factories, utilities. Up since May of 2000. They're feeling good. They're feeling optimistic about the economy is uh, recovering and uh, things are going great. And you should have a good summer for for. Wells Fargo Builder Sentiment Index rose this month. view sales conditions as so so the world is going they're bipolar Al <laughs> they're not just bipolar that's one thing but they are easily deceived so are they're not the only ones we are all subject to this we're all subject to giving the government credit and they tell us stories and we believe them even though the truth, if we bother to look for it, indicates, wait a second, I think those guys are fibbing. And it's incumbent on all of us, in my opinion. It's a peculiar thing. Economy is based so much on psychology. You can understand where government lies to us to try to cure lead and try to make us believe things are it's happy times are here again. And insofar as we believe that, then we go out and we make the happy times be here. That's the theory got to pump us up with lies and we go out and work like little animals in order to restore the economy. Whatever it was, it drifted away while I was talking about it. But what was I trying to say, Melody? You don't know. How old are you? Yeah, it's 70 in a couple of weeks. I one of those but, you know what, moments. but you know, talk about the government, government, government about bigger picture than that. We are, I mean, a lot of these politicians and so forth, they are puppets of the elite. Bigger picture, uh, I think we can look at it politically and most relate to that a little bit easier. We talk about, uh, even though the truth is, uh, whatever you want to call them, the elitists certainly do play a big Generating and controlling yeah, they what is happening. So, I mean, we do have an agenda of a new world order, and that is controlled by a lot more than just our government. I think part of the big, one of the big differences is elite near the elite. Level. That if you've earned your money from anybody uh, you've earned, uh, those aren't the elite that I'm talking about. Oh. I'm just I'm saying, as far as you use your money to bribe congressmen and senators, pass laws to make you, to allow you to make even more money, that's wrong. We are right now. We've got people. Mindset is how much can you hustle? How much can you grab hold of? Doesn't matter whether you earn it or not. Just how much you get. 
18. Initially, how much did you earn? Um, how much did you hustle? Not whether or not you got to Congressman Smith and you gave him, you know, I don't know what the going rate is, bribed him $25,000 or 50000 or however much it pays to bribe a congressman to front for a bill that will help you make extra money by robbing the American people. Special interest legislation means we'll pass laws. If you give me money, I will pass laws that will help you to rob the American people. And the more laws we have that favor the special interest, then, of course, the great unwashed are going to get increasingly impoverished. They're the ones that are the victimized by the special interest legislation. That area, they're, they're, they're greater than those that are just... That are if you look at... Uh, for me, it's not a question of identifying who the bad guys are exactly. It's a question of identifying bad philosophy, the bad morality, the bad system of ethics that allows these things. But you, to but you need to identify the bad guys that go along with, or you're just fighting against something that you. The enemy to me is I know that there are enemies, but. I get that. They're promoted by individuals for their own self-interest. So, but if you can identify them, and you can say, yeah, I think it should be, and you can get enough people to say, you know what? That makes sense to me. If you can get enough people, then we have you know, a political struggle to be able to prevail. But you can get those ideas, but you Who's behind it all? But I just got this report out. U.S. Treasury Securities. Position Japan last, last held. That sounds like, to me, it sounds like, well, gee, it seems like Japan is. Yep. Now they're number one. Let, dumb. Well, let me well <laughs> let me tell you how they got into that number one treasury debt slipped. Top holder of the treasury debt slipped one point two percent. Holdings of Japan fell 1.1% from the Japanese. So it isn't that Japan is buying more debt, it's just that China's declining larger <laughs> than Japan to allow Japan to slip into the award. But it wasn't in, in, it wasn't in Like one of those, those uh, race to the bottom. The military, where they say, whoever volunteers, take two steps forward. And there's six guys standing there in the line, and five of them take two steps back and leave the guy who's uh, take any steps at all. He's he's he's. 
probably get him killed. But it happens. Proper amount of debt you have What happens when that continues? The rates will have to go up. They'll have to entice them in here somehow. That's when they really become strong, yeah. They may do it. I don't know. I don't doubt that they might raise, especially they might make it. I don't expect anything serious, but they raise interest rates. It's going to be that much harder to borrow. The government is the biggest borrower. They can't stand higher interest rates. They can't have raising interest rates. They can't borrow as much money to. It'll slow the economy. They do it just a couple of make a gesture. A significant rise seems very unlikely to me, but we'll watch and see. I think. I agree. I mean, this is a lot different than paper. I think the rates, if they do raise them, I think they'll test the water to see what the market They'll try to raise them, but again, if no one's buying the debt, they're going to be forced into raising these. Well, you know, I think Which is the worst of two evils? between the rock and the hard place. I think one of the things that strikes me as funny, ironic, even hilarious about all this, the Federal Reserve is arguably the biggest single lender to the United States government, at least over the past several years. They've allegedly bought in the neighborhood dollars worth of bonds from the United States government. But if the Federal Reserve is setting the interest rate at or near zero, the Federal Reserve is guaranteeing that if is not going to make any money to speak of off loans to the government. Now, I know the government, is, I know that the Federal Reserve is just spinning this freak, this currency out of thin air. And I can't just say they're losing money, but it has to gall them that they are effectively lending money to the government at a rate where they're never going to make a profit. Huh? So the Federal Reserve is caught in a strange position. They'd like to have interest rates higher just so they could make more money off the money they're lending to the government. But they are sacrificing their own self interest rates low and allow the government to continue borrowing at little or no rate and that is solvent stimulated good for all of us right don't know what they can do with all their access of eight if they need to. Hey, if, if they're having a little bit of a problem, hey, we'll create this other program to offset any of the problems that, that are occurring. That. There's no and telling they've done that before, going on. So There's no telling how much money is really being spent. 
protected, whatever. But the whole thing is a house of cards. You can see it, you look close at it, and you might think you're ignorant. Fraudulent. But the only thing you can't understand is how this thing's still standing. It's not because people are ignorant, it's because they have a trouble believing personality and the fraud that's right before their eyes and feet. Some of the other explanation. I don't think it is. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Peterson on Tuttle. I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord let you meet Melody. Thank you. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. system includes a receipt. $49.99. That's the shipping and the system. $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit American Voice Radio.
Radio.com and click Satellite System.
This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Tessa. You're listening right here on the American Police. Live, which means you can find. when you might uh, listen to these songs. But, uh, you know, good music is, uh, is fun. I like fun music. That is Yahoo Instant Messenger. Well, look, here's a short one. I agree. Biblically speaking,
the Christian. I realize we all sin. Ah, boy, you know, I knew that was wrong, and I... It's okay. God loves this. God wants me to do this. Even though the Bible says not to, uh, uh, well, the Bible's wrong, and the Bible's been corrupted, and nobody knows what it is. God spoke to me in my heart. I'm a Mormon, and I have a burning into my breast, and all this other crap, right? Or I had a dream, a vision. Yeah, that's it. yourself religious, then go go start your own false religion. Don't call it Christianity. However, I'm going to make it by Christ nation, like the United States. And you might say, oh, wait a minute now, this is a Christian nation. <laughs> being the key word. It isn't any longer. So, you know, the religious argument is not going to work again. mentioned that, hey, you know, I believe that people of misguided individuals. They work in the food. But then there's another thing. They also work at TSA. couple of TSA agents are fired. All passengers, roping pat down, goes to show how sick and deviant
November, a TSA employee tipped off the agency that a male screener The investigator went to the airport and said, The woman colleague used the falsely as a female. Their little naked x-ray machine, when you type in, it's a spot, said it found nothing and a package and said, hey, something's weird with this woman. Yeah, the anomaly is he had a package in his pants, but the machine was told this was a TSA has removed the two officers from the agency. Folks, this is another reason why homosexuals should not be. Uh, folks out there that are Jew bashers, you're going to like this one. I, I myself, I'm no fan of his. Uh, what the American voice is about that, you know.
neighbors don't want to hear it, and they're Last year, I wrote about American citizen. I wrote about an American citizen, Rick Myers, who was held in Israel against his will despite not being an Israeli citizen. His story prompted an irregular input into my inbox. So many foreign, dual, and Israeli nationals find themselves trapped in Israel. original dreams of a normal life. In my own case, my former husband and I traveled to Israel with the intention of been an uninterrupted freedom of choice. All dreams and hopes are shattered. Father is removed from the picture. The salary is Without their dad, since I got involved with the Israeli justice system over at it is unimaginable. Parties have to agree. If one person is uh, not agreeing, then steps are taken to force that person into divorce. Civil family court. At this point, a lot of leverage can extend. My husband's ex-wife.
case of my former husband, he was paying over four times more child support from the UK than when he so that he can be free again. However, wife demanded 36 years greater than his at the time. Eight years ago. fact of the matter is, the way Israel is handling this, well, you know, they just won't get along. Yeah, oh, you mean they throw rocks at the Israelis who have basically put them in ghettos? By the way, the Israelis act, you've got to wonder where Hitler got the idea in the first place. them back in what seems to be a crowd control exercise.
now, oh, this is like, whoa, wait a minute. Star. the American military toughen up the American people. I don't think we're going to have to wait that much longer to find out what they will do, but we're not going to.
it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. Hour plus one on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. All tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Because it's been done by others, and Let's get back to some stuff now. You want to get... want to do what you Good 
don't give fish the boot just yet. While mercury could be linked to a higher risk of ADHD symptoms. Air pollution can increase the risk of hydrocarbons or by burning fossil fuels, so completely avoiding them can be quite difficult. Yes, unless, of course, you go some. But limiting your exposure could be the answer since. There you have it, folks. Those are the six picture here on my screen that Brothers had a meat cleaver in his...
policy. the defense for six hours. Pressure cooker to be. But, you know, doesn't matter. Been without friends in the court, the appointed public defender had one goal to protect the government's false accusations from. False evidence, knowing the public defenders would not challenge him. That the bombing was Muslim revenge for U.S. foreign policy. the day's proceeding of the trial, not even his lawyer's admission that he did it. Why? Olami was used to control drug incapacitated as a victim. Hostile has no friends to see him up close. Allowed to speak to his family. Earlier, he protested his innocence, yet he did not react when the public defender, Judy, said in her opening remarks, he did. You know what? Uh, excuse me. What is that kind of uh, of defense attorney is during the manhunt was shouting we didn't do it and you got the wrong one clearly the prosecution and the The defense was disappointing. The defense presented just four witnesses and talked about the science of internet searches and fingerprints. Our conferences with the judge seemed to make take almost as long as the testimony. All of six hours after the drama of the prosecution's case, the defense seemed dry and hard to follow.
want Tony to see this. That's when they will take that. Money they offer or how much they appeal to your patriotic instincts. Oh, can't do. Also, wherever this drill is, make sure you are 100 miles away. Step two, convert to Judaism. <laughs> sure, patsies are never Jews. Your local synagogue will provide information on how homosexual, at least establish your liberal bona fides. Let's flip that you voted for Barack Obama. Love Diane Feinstein. Read the New York Times and watch John Stewart and Saturday Night Live religiously. Put a PBS bumper sticker on your car. Patsies are never liberal. Six, prepare a plan to follow in case you are a terrorist. I'm a patsy, won't cut it. We'll need a hideout that is better than a boat parked in the backyard. Seven, don't be a Muslim. If you are, there are cosmetic products that will help you lighten your complexion, avoid suntan. The public has been incited to believe you are. the lives of the great patsies in modern history. Paul, James Earl Ray, Sirhan Sirham, Timothy McVeigh. What mistake they did make that you can avoid? other suggestions from readers with don't be that bad situation
is five minutes out of your life. I mean, hey, if 300 million people did it, maybe it would make some difference. They don't renew it. It goes away. Tell them to do things. Come on. Tell them to go play golf with Obama or go, uh, you know, their friendly neighborhood hooker that they know so well. I mean, they probably got her on speed dial or him. I told him to knock it off in the back of my cab. Bolted, and he told him stop, or I'll 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 kick you out of my cab right here. Just walk off. They don't pay the fare. Then they end up suing him. Judge says, "Uh, pay them ten thousand dollars." Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead. Organic Sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Yeah, give me them drugs, baby. <laughs> That's the medical profession's motto. Give me them drugs. Anyway, this is hash. This is health talk. You know, in the last last few weeks, I've been railing about uh, yeah, so corrupt and and just. I mean, we had an incident here in Hawaii not long ago where some jerk on the island of Kauai writes this article that they actually printed as an article in the editorial section of our newspaper about how uh, GMOs were good and there's nothing to worry about because all the tests prove that they're safe and effective. The only problem with that is that the only tests that prove that GMOs are safe and effective are the tests that are done by the biotech industry, by Monsanto, Pioneer, Syngenta, Bayer, and, you know, all, all the criminals. So I wrote a rebuttal, really good rebuttal, and uh, I gave references and I cited the fact that the Eric Giles Carolina report out of France, which took years, uh, he inadvertently discovered the formation of cancer tumors in the rats that they were using, and he wasn't even looking for that because it was not even a thought on his mind. And then a friend of mine who's uh, a Ph.D. at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Stephanie Seneff, she did a report that has a definite link to glyphosate, which is the active ingredient they use in Roundup, and autism. So I wrote this really incredible article as a rebuttal for the guy, and being the objective media that they are, they wouldn't print it, they wouldn't touch it with a freaking 10-foot pole. But they will take people from the UH, and they will take people that write it the way they want to say it, and print that, you know? And so I, I'm going to rail a little bit more about media. Like, for example, uh, about a week or so ago, the, the media erupted with the news that they discovered uh, a small amount of arsenic California wine. So there was this usual spread you know, usual wave spread of hysteria that equated California wines with drinking poison. Came out in the USA Today, the San Francisco Gate, the Daily Mail, the New York Daily News. I mean, it went on and on and on. And as was reported in the, in the various stories, highest concentration of arsenic that was detected in the wine just 50 parts per billion, which is a very minuscule concentration of arsenic, even if it's all inorganic, which it isn't. But the level is so low that you would have to give it an incredible safety rating with standards that are far more stringent than the Fraud and Drug Administration food safety requirements. So the extremely low levels of arsenic that are found in the California wine, the mainstream media, what it does best, 
performance at this area, wildly inaccurate reporting, that kind of obliterates the facts. Just like they did with the Disneyland measles outbreak hysteria, which was also based on fabrication and not facts. So the, the New York, the, the CBS News screamed, there's very high levels of arsenic in the top selling one shot. And then the San Francisco Gate wrote, presumably toxic levels of arsenic in U.S. Today warned about dangerously high levels of arsenic in California. I mean, but the problem with all this is that these are all the exact same media outlets that routinely insist that 50,000 parts per billion of mercury is safe when injected into the human body in the form of a flu shot. So let's, let's kind of review this, right? Okay. 50 parts per billion is dangerous, but 50,000 parts per billion is safe. So with flu shots containing about 50,000 parts per billion, right, single flu shot is about 0.5 milliliters in volume, that delivers about 25 micrograms of mercury per shot, okay? Now, the flu shots are promoted for the little kids and the pregnant women, the same group that typically avoid drinking wine and have little or no exposure, exposure to arsenic in wine. And when you inject a heavy metal into your body, is, is the magnitude could be more toxic than just merely swallowing it then the flu shots really do contain 50,000 parts per billion of mercury because this was proven in laboratory tests. And that's 25,000 times higher than the mercury limit allowed by the Environmental Pollution Agency in drinking water. Then mercury itself is, in orders of magnitude, more toxic to human biology than arsenic. The mercury could damage fertility for the unborn child and cause central nervous system effects, and if inhaled, is fatal. So to get the equivalent amount of arsenic from wine that you get in the form of mercury from a vaccine, you would have to drink 500 liters of wine all at once. So how is it that the mainstream media has concluded that 50 parts per billion of arsenic in wine is dangerously high, while 50,000 parts per billion of mercury in a vaccine is totally safe. The answer is that the mainstream media
take a mainstream media reporter, including those who work for the Associated Press, have no clue about the relative safety of the various concentrations of toxic elements in food, beverages, or vaccine shots. Even worse, just like in Hawaii, they do not want to hear the truth because it would contradict their hilarious, discredited narrative that all vaccines are 100% safe. Okay. So as a result, the mainstream media reports blindly report that vaccines are always safe, even though the vaccines can 1,000 times higher concentration of toxic heavy metals than the California wine they've described as dangerous. Then you take the typical media reporter, he will simultaneously write that mercury is extremely toxic when it's found in tuna fish, but that same mercury element is somehow magically transformed into this non-toxic form when it's injected in the form of a vaccine. And as far as their cover story, they argue that ethyl mercury is safe, while methyl mercury is dangerous, completely ignoring the fact that the ethyl form of mercury is actually 1,000 times more toxic to human cells once it enters those cells. So according to the media, the vaccines are the magical transmutation devices that turn dangerous metals into safe elements. This is a lie. This is a lie to the answer to the California wine, wine problem. According to the mainstream media, California wines would be safer if you injected them instead of drinking them. Then you could call it a wine vaccine, and by doing so, it becomes automatically safe and effective according to the media. And no questions at all could be asked about vaccine safety because that would turn you into an anti-vaxxer, which is worse than being an ISIS terrorist. So while you're standing in line for your next flu shot, just make sure you appropriately panic about the 1,000 times lower levels of arsenic found in wine because that's what the media wants you to be afraid of. Your fears, your denials, your beliefs, and your perceptions are all being distorted and controlled by a scientifically illiterate media which has no clue at all about what it's really reporting. So to say that red wine with 50 parts per billion of arsenic is dangerous, while all your little kids are being injected with 50,000 parts per billion of mercury is the metaphorical equivalent of sounding an alarm about a July 4th firecracker while a nuke is being detonated above your city. And it just goes to show that the establishment, corporate control media, 
has basically lost any ability to think critically about anything, making the U.S. media, by and large, a little more than the tabloid blog fest, where nobody remembers how to ask critical questions anymore. They just blindly report whatever they're told by the pharmaceutical industry, the CDC, or the White House, without engaging in any real journalism at all, which would, by definition, entail asking critical questions and not automatically, automatically believing official bullshit. Do you think swallowing California wine is dangerous? You're actually swallowing something far more insidious. The media's junk science lies, which is disguised as news. So while I'm on the verge of destroying the media, there's even more that got me. That's where, you see, I always thought that the primary function of the mainstream media was to inform you not to distract you from what's really happening. But when, like, for example, you remember what happened in that, that pizza restaurant in Indiana? Come on, man. Does anybody really give a shit whether a little pizza joint in Indiana wants to cater a gay wedding with pizzas? I mean, who in their right mind caters a wedding with pizza anyway? So the far greater issue that's happening is how we are all being enslaved and oppressed and exploited, no matter what our sexual orientation is, our religious background is, our race is, or our country of origin. So the leftist media tries to drive this wedge America by staging contrived culture wars. And the more that people get caught up in these culture wars, the more they totally forget the real war on humanity being waged on us as follows. The central banks are stealing our savings, our incomes, and our wealth by devaluing the currency through endless printing of money. The corporations are poisoning our food, our medicine, and the world with toxic chemicals that promote disease and destroy the ecosystem. Our oppressive government is ratcheting up a police state occupation of America, turning all of America's streets, highways, airports, and sports stadiums into lockdown prisons where basically you have no rights. The drug companies are profiting from disease while selling drugs and vaccines that harm human health and perpetuate a cycle of suffering and medical interventions. Cancer industry preys upon cancer victims, promoting cancer by suppressing any real investigation into the causes of cancer or cancer prevention strategies that could help save lives right now. The agricultural giants and the biotech corporations are poisoning the entire world with glyphosate and self-replicating genetic pollution. And the global debt pyramid is approaching a state of collapse, and the U.S. national debt has exploded beyond any ability to repay that debt, meaning that the nation will inevitably experience its own debt collapse. 
And where do you think billions and billions and billions, like $300 billion, are going to? They're going to anything and everything that will support illegal aliens in the country. And then, of course, Google is aggressively pursuing humanoid android robotics development and advanced artificial intelligence research aiming for creation of A1 military robots, which of course will be used sooner or later as a weapon against the people. So if you look at it, basically every one of those points is a far greater threat to our livelihood and our future there are not to live a pizza joint in Indiana to cater a gay wedding. Seriously. But the mainstream media, which now we have to seriously call the hate stream media for all the hate they spew, basically ignores the far more and universally impactful issues. According to the hate stream media, you can be far more concerned about the gay marriage preferences of a tiny pizza shop in Indiana and the $8 trillion in national debt that's going to financially wipe out future generations of Americans. You are supposed to be outraged over Christian beliefs while remaining totally apathetic about how your little kids are being systematically poisoned by Big Pharma with mind-altering ADHD medication. The hate stream media wants you to focus all of your attention and all your hate on a small number of targeted cultural issues while totally ignoring the fact that your food and your planet are being systematically poisoned by powerful globalist corporations that are destroying our world with pesticides, herbicides, and synthetic chemicals. And then we're supposed to totally forget about the crime of global imperialist wars, which were blasted by the leftist media when Bush was president, but are now wholly embraced under the Obama administration, even though they're the same damn wars. But the now the same hate stream media says pizza shops can't discriminate against people who are gay, openly endorse doctors denying service to patients who refuse to have their little kids vaccinated. So why is discrimination wholly accepted? and embraced and endorsed by the hate hate stream media. Why? Because it serves their agendas. We are living basically in an electronic concentration camp. We're addicted to images on screens that disinform and propagandize us propagandize us to accept and even welcome the police state activities that have destroyed our autonomy, our privacy, and our independence. There's this book out there. It was written by a guy named John Whitehead. 
with a foreword from Ron Paul. It's called Battlefield America. That book, there's a part where the author states, and I'd like to read that to you. He says, the outlook for civil liberties grows bleaker by the day from the government's embrace of indefinite detention for U.S. citizens, armed surveillance drones flying overhead to warrantless surveillance of phone, email, and internet communications, prosecution of government whistleblowers. The homeland is ruled by a police industrial complex, extension of the American military empire. Everything that our founding fathers warned against is now the new norm. The government has trained its sights on the American people, have become the enemy. All the while, the American people remain largely oblivious. So why why do we remain oblivious? It's because we're all caught up in the senseless, irrelevant hysteria that was stirred up over a pizza joint in Indiana or the contrived hysteria over measles at Disneyland or the the incredible false science hoax ordered across the mainstream media about the California wine that was contaminated with dangerous levels of arsenic. See, the mainstream media is the vehicle by which we, the American public, are mentally distracted from the things that mattered restricted to focusing only on contrived hysteria. <coughs> Excuse me. God bless you. Thank you. This is a crucial strategy for any state-run media propaganda network because if we, the masses, ever woke up and realized the truth about how we're being lied to, depressed, carcinated, poisoned, dumbed down by the status quo, not think we would rise up and revolt against our oppressors. So the entire aim of the hate stream media becomes one of making sure the American people will think, talk, and socialize in other realities. But if reality were ever seriously questioned or reported or investigated, the delusion that big government socialism is your friend would collapse. The delusion that powerful drug companies and biotech corporations just want to help the world would be shattered. Delusion that the real war in 
America is not a war between versus right, but a war being waged by corporations and governments against. But the most important thing, they never want you to discover just how powerful really are as a divinely inspired, creative, beautiful human being with the power to change the world. In today's twisted world, we live in a corporate-occupied prison state. Everything we see and hear and buy and consume and eat and drink and swallow is twisted by corporate interests to keep us detached, diseased, and oblivious to reality. The corporations that now occupy the government the media, the science journals, universities know full well that their greatest enemy forms intelligent, healthy individuals who can think for themselves. Make sure people ever become such individuals, they systematically poison our food with chemicals poison our minds with medication, poison our consciousness with fabricated news, steal our savings through the central banks and suppress our health and limit our voting road votes, or li limit our voting options to little more than a choice between a criminal on the left and a criminal on the right. Well, Unfortunately, this poisoning is systemic and international. We learned, for example, that almost 70% of the people being treated with antidepressants don't even have depression to begin with. Thumb you down, suppress your mind, and keep you detached from reality. And over 10% of the U.S. population is taking these mind altering crapola drugs every single day. So everything that you search in the pockets of your search is distorted to serve the corporate interest. And under the guise of promoting facts, the search engines like Yahoo and Google are serving up whispers and government propaganda on any search for these or health symptoms. Similarly, nearly 80% of what you read on social media is generated by the robots that are run by the corporate-funded troll group. So every newsstand magazine, every mainstream medical journal is basically hijacked by corporate ads pushing toxic poisons as beauty products, quote-unquote natural foods, or quote-unquote miracle medications that actually cause liver toxicity and kidney damage. So what's happening is we're being poisoned at every level imaginable, our mind, our body, our culture, our knowledge, our beliefs. Is there an antidote? Well, yeah. 
There is an antidote, and yes, you can stop the poisoning, and it's relatively easy to accomplish. All you need to do is to stop consuming the poison. How do you do that? Stop poisoning your mind by refusing to watch or listen to the toxic HB media outlets because they are to, the, to your mind what Monsanto is to your food. You stop poisoning your body by refusing to eat pesticides, herbicides, chemos, and anything that had a face or a mother or, or anything from anything that had a face or a mother. You buy organic. You grow your own. Away from processed foods. Stay away from the high fructose corn syrup. You stay away from sugars. You stay away from miracle protein drinks. You stay away from the sodas and the beers and the alcohol. You stop poisoning your planet by refusing to purchase or use the herbicides in your or the toxic cleaning products for your home and the toxic laundry detergent that gets flushed down the drain or the toilet and proliferate the soil. Stop poisoning your health with dangerous, deadly medications and toxic vaccines that are still unbelievably made with mercury, aluminum, MSG, formaldehyde, and antibiotics. Then you reduce your ecological footprint by learning how to live more sustainably. We're in the country, start collecting rainwater from your roof. If you can afford it, get solar power to reduce your grid power consumption. If need be, God forbid, get backyard chickens to produce some of your food. Although I would stay away from that one in a heartbeat because consuming one egg a day makes your body deal with more protein than you can consume in a whole day with other stuff that you eat which puts an incredible impact on your digestive system and your liver and your kidneys and your spleen. Find more ways to live green. Investigate permaculture and food forests and grow your own. And please stop poisoning your little kids in government-run public school indoctrination centers. Get them out of the brainwashed factories. Think about homeschooling or private schools where at least they have a little bit of chance to learn truthful, practical information and life skills. But, I mean, what do you learn in public schools? You got, I went to public school. I went to public university. I went to public high school. What do you learn? You learn how to memorize, how to flush it on the exam. Don't do you any good in life. It's just getting through, getting grades, get your diploma, get out, and then start to live your life. Then we just had this. I mean, <laughs> the media never ends. So after after months of denial, after months of brainwashing, 
stonewalling. Rolling Stone magazine finally retracted its totally fabricated campus rape story that claimed that fraternity rape is endemic across American universities. I mean, just when was it, like a few days ago, the Columbia Graduate School of Journalism released this detailed analysis of Rolling Stone's mistakes, saying that the magazine failed to engage in basic even routine journalistic practice to verify details of the ordeal that the magazine source identified only as Jackie described to the article's author, Sabrina Ergoli of the New York Times. Well, the author of the story could only be accurately describing this act of journalistic fraud isn't even being fired by the Rolling Stone magazine. Hey, hey, come on. She did her job. She did what they're known for. She fabricated made-up stories to push a twisted cultural agenda. She's just another loyal foot soldier in the media's relentless campaign of news hoaxes that are launched almost daily across America which are almost never, ever, ever retracted. This report, this Columbia report, had to be painful reading to, to people at Rolling Stone because with that publication, they're officially retracting a rape on campus. So then they have to apologize to the readers and all those who were damaged by the story and the ensuing fallout, including members of the fraternity and the university administrators and the students. What happened was the Columbia report concluded that Rolling Stone ran with a totally fabricated story because they basically failed to check anything. And someone said Rolling Stone precisely the lies they wanted to hear. Fully aligned with the cultural agenda of the magazine, and Rolling Stone bought it, hook, line, and sinker. What that's telling you is that Rolling Stone is nothing more than a gossip tabloid. It's crazy. But the real story goes way beyond Rolling Stone fabricated smear campaign against the University of Virginia fraternity. The real story is that Rolling Stone's failures are just a minor example of a new wave of liberal orders and editors who function primarily networks of agenda-driven propagandists that invent whatever news they want. And that news that they want, which is fabricated, is used to spew hatred and intolerance for every targeted group it does not like, including fraternity members, white people, southerners, and men in general. Just as Rolling 
Stone exhaustively demonstrates, the members of this unethical mainstream, mainstream leftist media have abandoned all principles of real journalism in their rush to use their magazines, their newspapers, cable channels as activist propaganda mouthpieces to wage a cultural war that is based entirely on a lie. And what's all unbelievable about this is not that Rolling Stone fabricated a totally false news story. What's amazing is they got caught. And then there's another guy who's the social media manager who works for some TV station in Richmond, Virginia, is now under investigation for filing a false fraud report with GoFundMe.com in an effort to block the funding of victims of the media's hysteria-driven smear campaign against the pizza restaurant. I mean, do you see what's going on? You got this outrageously unethical smearing of memories pizza by the gotcha leftist media. It, it, and, and, and what's happened is it was this outpouring of financial support for memories pizza, raising $842,000 for the family to help them upgrade and reopen their pizza shop. So this is the pizza, pizza shop that said it would gladly serve gay customers in it, but they didn't want to cater a gay wedding to a Christian. So what? I mean, I know gay people. They have far better taste than to cater their own wedding with everyday pizza, but the irrationist media went hysterical over the pizza shop's polite explanation and investigated so much instigated so much hatred and bigotry families that outraged the liberal activists they tried to organize a march they literally burned down the pizza shop and the bird the threat to burn down the pizza joint was just one of the many hostile threats that were leveled against memory pizza but thank you to the hatred of the contrived leftist media and the hate speech against his family-owned Christian establishment, they were just ignored but actually accelerated. So what happens in response to this? The mainstream media remained silent. They refused to denounce these tactics, but they provoked them with more hate-spewing reporting. When the violent threats support their cultural agenda, they're fit to print because the end justifies the means. Look, I'm a vocal guy. I'm an outspoken guy. I'm against discrimination, okay? Including long history of crimes against the U.S. government by the FBI, against the African Americans, against the violence committed against the gays, against discrimination against women. Why can't we have universal tolerance? But that tolerance has to apply to all groups, not just selected ones you happen to like at the moment. It's 
it's like it's no more justified to target memories peaceful for their religious beliefs than to target someone because of the color of their skin. But the mainstream media doesn't understand this. They don't know what tolerance is because they think it only means tolerance for their own agendas and values, not tolerance for anyone else. But that isn't tolerance at all. It's bigotry. And to push this leftist brand of bigotry, they routinely hitting whatever fake stories they can conjure up that fit their narrative. It's shameless. But it ain't over. Far from over. Because people that are involved in the mainstream media basically mirror the total disregard for journalistic ethics demonstrated by the Rolling Stones reporter. Exactly why mainstream leftist media is losing credibility and readers. And on no basis whatsoever, the CBS affiliate employee has contrived convince herself that filing a false claim is totally acceptable. And when she did so, the research on the situation, she still filed a fraud report. This is how it works. It's all about false claims, false stories, fabricated facts that are psychologically justified. Some though they wholly violate every principle of honest journalism. But with the mainstream liberal media, the ends justify the means. And they quite literally think it's okay to lie, cheat, fabricate stories, and conduct ambush journalism of small-town mom-and-pop pizza huts and spew hatred and intolerance towards targeted groups they don't like. They become everything it once claimed to oppose. It's now pro-war. It's now pro-hate. It instigates violence against groups that hold minority views. It despises tolerance and ethical journalism. It invents mass hysteria over fabricated stories and then uses contrived outrage to bully and intimidate everyone else into supporting its twisted agenda. agenda. It's shameless in its actions so far detached from ethics and morality, they can't even recognize how it's doing anything wrong. And when the editor of Rolling Stone admits that, yes, they violated honest journalism, they lied, they fabricated story details, and they insane an entire fraternity. How on earth can the publisher of that magazine not fire the writer responsible for the con job? So to the mainstream leftist media, news and agenda-driven activism are the same thing. And when someone gets caught fabricating a totally fake story, they don't get fired. They simply get handed more assignments, and they're told something like, hey, dickhead, don't get caught again. Now, I'm not saying that the conservative media never lies. They have their own storehouse of liars and sin doctors that engage in different brands of deception with 
independent media outlets, you know, just like the best news on the liberal side comes from the independent writers. But the liberal mainstream media has become a mockery of itself in these last couple of years because they abandoned all journalism ethics like we saw in the Rolling Stone campus race story. It was totally fabricated exactly the same way all the other liberal media stories are now either fabricated or exaggerated. And we talked about the Disneyland measles outbreak in Seraca and the arsenic and the California wine science crap and the contrived hysterical targeting of memory pizza. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And what we're left with is a liberal-leaning mainstream media that primarily functions network of low-grade bloggers, gossip artists, hate and bigotry. And the really intelligent journalists and reporters on the left, just like those on the right, are independent bloggers or on their own websites. So the mainstream network news outlets have become tabloid rags at every level. Now they only appeal to junk info, consumers who consume the news the same way they consume chicken McNuggets or Kraft macaroni and cheese. So what do you do? I mean, is this to say, is this to say that we're not supposed to um, think for ourselves? Is this to say, look, you have to understand Life is life, okay? There's two ways to go. Take the road towards endless sense gratification or take the road of spiritual realization. Sense gratification will bring you nothing but misery. I mean, it might be wonderful if all of a sudden you come into a lot of money and you can build a big house or you have all these women that come to your house or all these men that come to your house and you can have enormous amounts of sex on a daily basis. But then somehow you go bankrupt or the house gets wiped out by a typhoon or somehow you develop some sort of a incurable disease or whatever and it goes like a roller coaster ride. The other option is and walk down the spiritual path trying to follow the principles that were presented by God. He's out there trying to help us just like everyone else is out there trying to help us, right? Except he's the perfect one and everyone else has an agenda. So if you walk that spiritual path and you see someone who's got a different color than you or someone who's got a different religion than you, you have to understand that these are merely labels because the driver of the vehicle body being the vehicle, spiritual. And they don't have the labels on them. They are part and parcel 
that based upon karma have entered various bodies. All the different bodies have different labels, different colors, different sizes, different shapes. Everything could range from a tiny ant to a giant gorilla. It doesn't matter. It's a vehicle. That's not the vehicle. The person is the driver of the vehicle. So, if you understand that you're the driver of the vehicle, and you're no different, if you're in a human body, you're no different than the driver of a dog body, just that your consciousness is more developed. The driver of the dog body will eventually take on a human form. Either he goes the road of sense gratification, where every action has a reaction, and will have to take birth again in some form until he can approach the spiritual path and try to head back home, back to the spiritual world, and realize that I am not these labels. They have nothing to do with me. And I have to try to realize who and what I am as the driver of the vehicle and realize I am not the vehicle. So that being the case, if you're in a white body and you see a guy in a black body, transcend that and you see the person driving the body. Relate to him on that level, then it becomes good. Some people are too far gone. Some people are too far brainwashed. So you back up a little bit and you try to stay away. Uh, years ago, I was chastised, so to speak, for being vocal, uh, being anti-homosexual. I don't care. If that's what somebody chooses to do, that is between them and God ain't got nothing to do with me. God already made it clear when he depicted the story in the Bible of Sodom and Gomorrah, what he thought about certain activities. That's what you choose to do, and that's what you choose to ignore. That's your business. Out of it. Because I see you as the driver of that body that is overcome by material desires, material functions. And in time, hopefully that can change. So in the meantime, what do we do? I, you know, there's this guy in Chicago, his name was Doc Mike, and he used to do a radio show. And he went on a trip, and he's asking people that I'm asking for advice if they would call me, and that's really nice. But I got all these people calling me, asking me if I know about Doc Mike's doo-doo therapy. No, I don't know about eating doo-doo or drinking urine. One of the things that has passed me by in my life. But one thing I do know is that if you can build, think about this. The reason why we get sick, the reason why we have diseases is because 
we are putting stuff into the vehicle that's not good for it. So if we're going to break down the vehicle with acidity because acid eats away, then we're going to wind up having compromised immune systems. We're going to have degenerative diseases proliferate our bodies. And we're going to be in constant poor physical shape. What do we do? How do we reverse that? Well, think about it. And I don't leave it up to me. You can research it yourself. You want to have a system that's as alkaline as you can possibly not want an acidic environment. Acidity eats away. Alkalinity builds. So if you were to research that, you would find that anything of face or mother, anything that came from anything that had a face or mother, is acidic. And that anything that you consume from a plant or is plant-based or whole grains that does not proliferate itself with all kinds of chemicals and stuff, fairly alkaline. That helps. To keep it really simple, take diet. And in a short period of time, you will be amazed. There was a guy in Hawaii who was one of our councilmen. The guy weighed about 220 pounds, 230 pounds, whatever, you know. And he used to listen to my Saturday show, and he used to think, oh, my God, this guy is so full of crap. Amazing. But one day he said, because he was feeling crappy and he was weight, he just got weird. He said, you know, I'm going to prove that Hetch is wrong. I'm going to prove that he's wrong. So I'm going to do what he says so I can prove that he's wrong. In about a month and a half, the guy lost, I don't know, but I would say two months, the guy was down to 140 pounds. His skin was shiny, had energy that he could not believe that he had not seen that he had on him in years. And it was unbelievable. And he called in on my show one day and he said, you know, I always thought you were full of crap, man. But, and I want to prove you wrong but I can't prove you wrong. He said, the only problem is hoping that I could take a break every once in a while because uh, I seem to be driving her crazy with all my energy and uh, hoping that she could get off her back for a while so she could do other things. So the thing is that it works, but you got to do it. I can't. I can't do it for you. And if you have stuff that you're having a problem with, you have stuff that can't be reversed, you have stuff you're taking drugs for, forget it, man. Organic sulfur crystals kills just about everything. It'll blow your mind out. If you can find the freshest, softest sea pollen that will melt in your mouth, it's amazing. Then there's the superfoods. If you go to my website, which is www.elkalk, 
whitecoast.com and click on products, you can read about four products. I have not had the flu or a flu shot or gotten a cold in over 20 years. And all I do is eat food every day of my life and work out and do exercise and just, you know, take one day at a time. And it works. So anyway, Clay Harrison says, oh, no matter what I do, I can't shut the guy up. And I love him. And got a few minutes left. Why don't we let George do his thing? And uh, I'll see you guys all next Thursday, okay? Hello. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American to the Superstore and order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. Scissors, paper, 
you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Alfred Addis. This is the American Independence Hour, and my co-host is Frank Stephan. He'll be joining us. Okay. Of a state of the union, that is the state of Texas. The program is only intended for men and women who are also made in God's image. Oh, Frank, how are you doing? Oh, good, good, good. We've had a uh, kind of strange weather. It actually snowed here last night. Really? <laughs> yeah. We got, I think, zero snows this winter. I don't remember any snow at my elevation. Lots of rain, but no snow at my elevation this winter that I can remember. Maybe. It snowed last night. Uh, it didn't stick, but it was. The, are you suffering from any drought up there? Or the, is the water supply going to be? Well, mountain, the. Uh... Well, no, probably not. We, we've got a, like I said, you know, where I am, got plenty of moisture. I mean, we They're worried about here is not so much the farms and the and the uh, well it's kind of like the slow economy out it got cold the winter start winter again yeah, yeah. I mean. Every year, outlaw. Yeah. 
here it wrecks the economy. What do you know about Jade Helm? Well, you know, I, I, I recently, in the last couple of weeks, learned a lot more than I knew before that because if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I'd have said I never heard. You know, that they're trying to keep it real quiet, but it's not so much secret. In a large area, they keep that quiet. Part of it, but here's the other part. They maintain quiet by having the soldiers dress up in civilian clothes, or are they wearing uniforms? From the documentation I've read, and they say it's so they can move civilian population without being noticed. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like they're either going to function in the capacity of spies or the capacity of assassins, but it is not. You know, military is you walk in en masse, you're wearing a uniform, and fight as a unit. Well, yeah, and it, it, it is in violation of the land warfare. You are supposed to be. By your uniform. That's and right. if you're not, you are a spy. Yep. And you are now guilty of espionage, and that means you die. Well, yeah, that means you die if you are captured by a government that is interested in defending its own country. Right. But if you're, uh, as it turns out, if you're employed by a government that is not interested in defending then what happens? Captured, they go down and have a couple of beers and send you on your way? Yep. Pretty much. That's what I would expect here. How much longer is it supposed to last? Uh, I'm not clear on that. Several states. Yeah. You know, it's not as maybe five, but I'm not sure. I'm, I haven't studied the issue myself. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know whether this is a whether this is something completely sinister. You know, I, I, in honesty, I've looked into it, and I still don't know what to make of it. Yeah. Because even though now I know a lot more about it than I did two weeks ago, I still don't know what to make of it. Because it, it's something about it that doesn't seem right. But then again, I'm suspicious of the government. I admit that. That it does my mind. They're up to something. <laughs> They're up to something that's no good for the American people. Yeah, well, that's it's what I got a suspicion. I know. The other ways, but what bothers me is the possibility that they're acting plain clothes. Ed. 
Now, this has been said. At first it came out, I read something that said, you know, they're not supposed to talk uh, military lingo. And Oh, the reason why is because they're afraid ISIS will uh, find out who you are and identify you and threaten your family. Got that article. Maybe we'll get into it later on in the program or one of the articles that touches on that. But you know what? As long as we brought it up, there is that article. Territory, profile, avoid military slang in public. It was not clear to me from this article that this was only applying relative to this exercise. No, no. This is, uh, they're, they're trying to keep a low profile in public regardless. Mm -hmm. Danger I see here. Anybody would actually defend our borders from an invasion by foreign aliens. Uh, but the second thing is this. Avoid using military slang in public. Ordinary people. Because... It is nothing but trouble. Well, and I think that's what this Jade Helm is. is probably think, hey, they got some nefarious bad purposes that are no good for the American people. I believe that's true. Other people out there that say, oh, well, you know, it's just... Uh, Why aren't you doing it in Baghdad or Cabal or somewhere like that? Why are you doing it here? You know, there's another reason. There, this is my opinions on all of this. People are they're fearful of martial law. I don't think they've got enough soldiers. I don't think they've got enough cops. I don't think they can impose martial law on a nationwide basis. Can they do it in one city, maybe one state? Yeah. Can they do it in several states? More difficult. Can they do it in all 50? Uh-uh. Ain't happening. We spent eight years fooling around in Iraq before we finally left, and now we're counting. Accomplished everything's great. Oh, we did We did mission accomplished after a couple of weeks. Well, sure, we did, yeah. but it, you know that was, just, that was just George Bush. I mean, he. Well, he did. 
didn't understand what the mission really was. He knew it was a cop, but somebody needed to explain to him what it was before he should have made that statement. But where were we? My point is, on economic collapse in this country, they would be screaming for it because in the resulting economic collapse, social collapse, this place would be up for grabs. Gang who think they who thought they could take control of a block. Well, and and like several said. blocks or whatever. You know, like you said, maybe. Population that you know, yeah. If an economic collapse came, different places are going to handle. Chicago and New York City uh, are going to handle it a little differently than, say, Medford, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Other rural places, you know, well, even rural places. You know, if you move to a rural, I, I don't know if you know Bill Halter by name. He writes for a Miles Franklin newsletter. And he and his family had moved to Costa Rica, and they were down there for about five years before they decided to come back. I mean, he lives in Texas, somewhere in Texas now. Um, I, w- I was listening to him just the last couple of days, one of his podcasts or whatever. They became increasingly fluent. Both and collapses, and then we're going to go after the gringos. Well, they began to realize that's dangerous. You, if you're going to move someplace, you need more than anything else are friends. Been to some strange area. I don't care if it's picturesque and it's the country and the rest of it looks wonderful. Out there, or you are going to be regarded with the same sort of enthusiasm the locals muster when they see a deer or an elk walking through their backyard. Well, yeah, it, but it's a target. They know you've got gold. They know you've got guns, ammo, some supply of food. You might have enough food supply to last a year or two. Who knows how much food you've got? You have friends. You can't just go out there and expect everybody to welcome you. And that problem is even more pronounced. Well, this is why, you know, all this talk, and it's been going on for, gosh, as long as I've been involved in this, people saying, oh, you got to move to Bolivia and Costa Rica, and then it was somewhere else, and it's like, I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me, man. When I was hitchhiking around the country, I deliberately did not go into Mexico except, you know, right across the border by There, I don't speak the language. I know these things. I've met enough Mexicans in the United States to know bad idea. No, no, it is today. I think I am much older than you are, or much, much more mature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not necessarily older, but more mature. But back when I was a kid, I hitchhiked down into Mexico. I 
it really was. The, 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 the slogan was the happy people. Traveling through Mexico, and I went down with a friend of mine, and but it was a very friendly country at the time. You know, I could be surprised, you know, but in certain places, at least, on the border towns and around that. The point I is, know. I would have gone into Mexico. Went to very unfriendly places here in the United Chicago, and uh, you know it did help to. Do you know anything about geography or politics or anything <laughs> when you were doing this? I mean, I would think. No, not so you much. Know, that's like me saying, "Gee, I just happened to hitchhike through the South Side of Chicago." <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hitchhike. I'm not hitchhiking through the South Side of Chicago. I don't care what anybody says. Walk. I'll walk. I'll wait for the Michigan Lake Michigan to freeze over, and I'll walk across the lake before I hitchhike through the south. Well, and you know, in those days, Detroit was actually a worse place than Chicago was. And uh, running, I was running, and uh, they had a bus, a cheap bus. It was like five bucks or something, a Greyhound bus from Detroit to Cleveland, which. Disneyland, but it's better than Detroit. It was better than Detroit. So I ran to the, the, the Greyhound station, and I saw five bucks to Cleveland. I had like $8 in my pocket, and I bought me a bus ticket to Cleveland. Because uh, somebody, well, several people wanted my, and, and this is funny, these sneakers I got at a Goodwill for free. They wanted them. So, you know, and it was like, okay, uh, I'm going to need these, so I need to run. Drinking at the time or doing some sort of uh, no, not at that time, and it's a good thing too. <laughs> but uh, you know, I waited till I got to Cleveland before. That's all. You think it's just interesting? You'll just walk in, think oh, who I am, or me. You know, I, we went down to Mexico, and we had our little adventures and whatever. And the truth is, we went places that I'd be afraid to go today with less than a 50 caliber machine gun. Again, we used to go to a bar. Bar. If you were drinking a beer, you'd help yourself. They had a table, and it's covered with food, and just help yourself to the food. The beers were like a dime a piece, and you leave bottle of beer, and you could eat your lunch over there. We went over there. It was one of these places. It was called a man's bar, which meant there wasn't any bathroom in the back of the place. It was a bar covered with tile. There was a, a urinal, because I can't think of the proper term, but there was a, you know, a gutter down at the bottom. And you could set your foot on the top of the gutter, and then when the spirit moved you, when you had enough beer, you didn't have to walk away. You could urinate right there on the front of the bar. How handy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and here we are, a couple of 18-year-old kids, and just wandering around. I mean, we got out of there 
<laughs> Dumb luck and the grace of God. <laughs> we did, and you don't understand any of that when you're a kid. You think, oh, you know, this is interesting. This is cool. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I know. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> you look back and think, oh, my God. You know, I'm not here because I'm smart. I'm here because I was blessed or lucky, one or the other. But it has nothing to do with They have to do with whether I survive much longer. It's smart they keep you alive a lot while longer when you get mature. Uh, when you're kids. Well, and those lessons, though, were well learned because you don't. <laughs> you know, you learn, you do learn things. You learn things. You see things. You know, it was one of the things as a kid. I thought we were poor. I thought my family was poor. I hitchhiked Rick and I, my friend Rick and I, Rick, we hitchhiked down to the Gulf Coast and then across into, into Texas, Brownsville, and down into Mexico and the rest of that sort of thing. You get a view of things, and you see, and you realize, oh, my gosh, we're actually doing pretty well. We're living, we're living okay. And I didn't understand that as, you know, high school kid and the rest of it. I thought, no, 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 we were upper middle class. We just lived in a relatively wealthy. And you even begin to put the pieces together in a meaningful way. Why don't we take a break for some commercial announcements? I'm Alfred Adams here with Frank Seven. We'll be back in a moment. Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, 
assets with gold and silver. Visit Frank Steffen. Uh, I've got an article here from the Washington Post. Line. Odd headline. I think it's headline is among the thousands of fatal shootings at the hands of police since 2005. Ten years, according to this, we've had thousands of deaths. Translating into at least 100 a year. Out of those five, only out of those thousands, only 54 officers have been acquitted in the cases that have been resolved. The article, when prosecutors pressed typically other factors that made the cases successful, including a victim shot in the back, a video recording of the incident incriminating testimony from other officers or allegations of a cover-up. In other words, if the cop just shoots some guy and doesn't shoot him in the back, cops can probably get away with it. If there's video, if the, if the victim is shot in the back, if there's incriminating testimony from other officers or allegations of a cover-up, then the cop might be in trouble, but even then, 54 officers out of apparently three instances, the majority of them were officers. Are convicted for Police officers tending to view them as guardians. The public is going to continue to regard police officers as the guardians of order. Public psyche or they're beginning to see, wait a second, there's a problem with police officers that are shooting too many people. thing is going to start happening with this I...
is going to change, and I think I think so. You know, the attitude towards marijuana, marijuana, generations were taught reefer madness. People go crazy. They act proud. They're going. You know, it's the end of civilization. Well, then. Oh boy, this is going to be the end. It's going to be there's going to be murders in the street or junkies all on the sidewalks, and it didn't happen. These generations have now seen that was all a lie. The reality of it is, you know, there's going to be some people that abuse anything, and they're going to do it whether it's legal or not. And it doesn't matter, and and that, and people are going to realize uh, enough people get their heads beat in, or no people got shot by cops, they're going to start going, no, that's a lie. They're not guardians. They're not, you know, the good guys. Revenue raisers. Well, that's part of it. But there was a time when the cops allegedly served and protected the people of the United States of America. Serve and protect was the standard motto, and they meant respect. In my opinion, I think there's a legal and psychological significance to this. When you serve and protect the people, you have a fiduciary obligation to the people. They are your employer. Part of the reason you know that is because you're paid in gold and silver, or at least the currency that was backed by gold and silver. States of the Union. Don't make anything but gold and silver coins. They've changed this around and they've turned, they have created what appear to be alternative system of states that are territorial rather than states of the Union, uh, maybe administrative districts. And within those districts, the police officers are no longer paid in gold and silver. They're no longer paid in people's money. They're paid in the money of this state, the money of the Federal Reserve, the money of the United States. Obligation. Obligation to their employer. And they're employed by private corporations and or some sort of administrative that appears to be valid, that appears to be good. What I'm trying to get to is their fiduciary obligation is not to the people. They serve and protect the government. No big deal. They don't serve and protect the people anymore. Guys, and some of them, I'm sure, believe that. It's enough, generally speaking, to expose the thugs. Well, it's the case for you and me, isn't it? I mean, if my buddy is a bank robber, and I know he's going to rob the bank, and I know what he did, and I know all that, uh, I'm in trouble, too. By hanging around with him, just by being his pal, I'm considered you know, some sort of accessory. This guy up in South Carolina, I think it was. 
while. He was David videotape. Yep. How dumb is that? Comes back with what appears to be a phony gun to deposit at the victim's side after it was all over. The other cop is standing there at the didn't say, hey, you can't deposit a, a, a you know, cold piece here. The whole system is this way. Somebody's got to be made to pay on these things with cops just laughing at slate. And I think that's going to change, and I think coming into the 2016 election, I have a hunch that at least at the state level, cops under control. And I expect to see it no later than the 216 election. We'll watch and see. That's, what's that, 18 months away from now, something like that? I just hope, you know, one thing I hope, and I realize there's no, our race is being, that's really true. I, the fact of the matter is more white guys get shot by cops than black guys do. And I realize there's more white guys in the country, but, you know, uh, Where do you live? What kind of place do you live? What's your economic? That's why there's lots of crime. Today, people go, well, that can't be because there's always been poor people and they didn't always... They were entitled and led to believe that the reason they didn't have things was right, right. So there's a lot of things involved in this, and I hope this is one area because it really does affect everybody. Out of control, and they're out of control, and and there could be a lot of reasons for it. But I think one of the biggest reasons is. And the reason why I, I learned here that the prosecutors investigate the crime for the prosecutor. That's why you get such a crappy defense because you get a uh, public defender. Right. They don't have any money. They don't have any investigators. They don't have anything. And Not only that, they've got a stack of cases on their desk that they probably couldn't carry. Right. All right. They don't even remember your dressing. Essentially, they don't have time to study your case. They don't have time to really prepare. They wouldn't have any cases either if it wasn't for the evidence that the police provide them. 
cops are going to stop cooperating with them. The DA is not going to have his 90% con- Watching the O.J. Simpson Helicopter, news copter that was buzzing around over the over the uh, big fat cop. Oh, he had. We watched CSI on TV, and they're picking up the individual hairs. And putting one hair in each one of them. Sure, and they got rubber gloves on. Oh, yeah, 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 very scientific. But what we see, in fact, is this cop, he looks like he's on, he looks like he's in the military and he's policing the area outside his career. And he's just picking up cigarette butts and pieces of paper and anything he finds out there, and he just throws it in the trash bag. What? There wasn't any attempt to mark these things. 5% 5% of your criminal cases are settled by a plea bargain. Evidence. All they've got to do is the cops, the way it works, is they fiddle far around and they claim they found evidence. They found a sample of your DNA outside the residence. That's not possible. I've never been there before. Well, look, the DNA doesn't lie. We got this. Next thing you know, you've been conned into signing on the line for a crime you didn't even commit. Now, that may be an exaggeration. I don't doubt it happens on occasion. How often? I don't know. But the point I'm trying to get across is nobody really cares about the evidence because you don't need it 95% of the time. It doesn't come up. So why waste your time with little baggies and a microphone or a, and a microscopes and the rest of that sort of thing? Just throw the stuff in a bag and get on with it. We'll get a settlement. Now, the cop in the O.J. Simpson case, I believe that's what he expected, the one I could see. Right? Sure. Uh, it never crossed his mind that, you know. Well, you know, they're like anybody else. You get into a habit of a way you do things. because you end up playing the way you practice. Yeah. You know, and that's why they train soldiers, you know, the the whole thing. But whatever you get into the – and, you know, and it goes to what somebody told me one time because I used to – stop me and grab me and looked me and he he kind of scared me, you know, and he looked at me real mean and said, practice makes permanent. Was this your playing on, Frank? Ice hockey. <laughs> Ice hockey, yeah. all right. No, it was kind of, you know, the, he was saying that, look, if you don't practice right, you're not going to play right. Practice bad habits, you're just going to make those permanent. And, you know, under 90 IQ and all, that 
hey, this is O.J. Simpson's wife. Hey, this might get on the news. Hey, look, there's a helicopter watching yeah, me. Exactly. You know, they don't think about that. They just think, yeah, 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 let's just grab all this. That was back in the old days when they were still recruiting cops who sometimes had some intelligence. Take another commercial break. We'll be back in a moment. We'll talk a little about, uh, we're going to get into it. Let's do illegal aliens when we get back, and then we'll do some law later on in the program. Stay tuned. The American Independence Hour. We'll be right back. So now for that, if you will try and step on the American Indian.
bunch of it's not a bunch of crap over where they say that some of these kids are trying to escape trouble, but it is a bunch of crap over to make it sound like we're the only people that are emigrating, entering this country. We're worried what's happening is we're not doing anything to stop the gangs from coming into this country, and they're coming. That's what's going on. And then it says, from the law, requires most of the children to be turned over to social workers, based on the court system, which allow most of them to abscond, lack of safety net to help children once they're free in this country. finished with some children getting lost in the system and others being released because of overcrowding. We're going to have to think about whether we want to make a break, make a special break for children. Well, you know, I don't think a special break, whether they get prosecuted or whatever in this country, they shouldn't be in this country. Somebody's got to control the borders. Somebody somewhere decided, well, are you a child that's coming from a, a serious problem where you're escaping? Yes, or I am. Somebody, or you I'm a child. I'm a child, <laughs> Frank, and, and I'm coming from a serious problem. I'm a little old for my age, but I'm still. I'm, I'm actually just an innocent. I was. I was wondering, are these the same children like uh, Trayvon Martin was a poor. This country by bringing people from different cultures, inviting them in, inviting them to break the law, siding with the criminals, protecting the criminals. Quite by its own government. That's what's going on right now. Why? You know, I, I mean, a lot of people would say, well, oh, okay, you know. Most of our stuff out of here. So who's going to benefit from this? Order, global well, government. Exactly. The only way I can see what they're doing. I mean, Whether we like it or not. I know. And not just whether we like it or not. There is no proviso in the Constitution for the government to sit back and try to implement something. They're going to say, well, it's just an economic. government to do what it's doing, and government just says, who cares? We're going to do it anyway. We think it's cool. Some of the 
needs to get elected to Washington who will hang, hang all of the people in Congress and Senate, including former presidents, put them in front of a jury and let the jury decide those that are found guilty, hang them, and no delay. No, no, speedy trial. Today we'll give you an hour to see out the backyard, uh, you know, palm, because you're going to need it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some reference to treason. You got 30 days. You got 30 days. We'll arrest you now, and today's trial begins. All right, there aren't going to be any delays. There's no nonsense. The other thing is this. include those that give aid and comfort to the enemies of the United States. And if you're guilty of treason, your lawyers will give you aid and comfort. I don't just mean the one who's sitting there at the bench next to the, or at the table next to the defendant. He's found guilty of treason. We're going to try everybody in your law firm from the receptionist right on up to the board of directors, all the partners, all the associates, all the paralegals, all the clerks, all the secretaries. Everybody in that law firm is going to take a shot at being tried for treason. And if you're found guilty, guess what? You'll be hanged within 24 hours, if not within you know an hour or two after you're found guilty. Well, I agree with that because that gives them some incentive if you think – uh-huh. Boy, you better make sure you know. that there's an incentive. Here's another business on the illegal aliens. This is from conservativebite.com. Legal children to U.S. Obama administration program is flying illegal alien children to the U.S. so they don't have to make the trek on foot. You get to pay for it, ladies and gentlemen. In theory, millions of illegal alien children from Central America may qualify for the program. In the U.S., the children and families will qualify for free education, food stamps, medical expenses, and living expenses. Wait a minute, children and families? Well, we don't want to break up the family. So if the child comes up here, then, well, we'll let mom and dad come up here, too. Very sensitive family. If anybody gives a damn about the family, why'd the kids leave in the first place? Care about your family? Stay home with mom and dad. Don't come, don't come up here. To, well, that's you know. been my thing about, you know, when they go, well, we can't deport. Then the kid can go with them. Exactly right. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't want to break up the family either. Put right. out. Break with the family as much as the next guy. In fact, if we catch one of these people, one of these kids that are illegal, all up in the same railroad car and skip them all south of the border. We want to keep that family intact. That's right. Well, you know, and Eisenhower had the had the plan because you know, I mean, they both. It's like, well, you know what? If you're going to try to make it back up here,
and stand up for themselves and say, look, it's a bunch of crap. I don't care if that guy's black. He's going up on a rope. Well, yeah, but the same thing counts for Hillary. You know, big news. Oh, Hillary announced. Oh, great. You know, she should have been locked away four years ago for the crime she's committed. is loaded with crooks and bad crooks, not just, you know, uh, uh, you know, shoplifter crooks. These are murdering psychopaths who would regard it as just their right, right? This is a big, they have no remorse. They have no conscience about this. They just, this is the way it's done. So far, they've been right, and the reason they do is because everybody in this country, or at least the majority of people, think they can just play nice, and somehow this misunderstanding will all work out. <laughs> well, the people that are sitting in government are just looking at all of the dopes in this country who put up with this crap. Laugh at them. They're not going to stop until you stop them. I don't mean by a deep Gee, please don't do this anymore. Like the Declaration of Independence, there's a line in there that says, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer. All evils are endurable or sufferable or whatever than they are to take action to right themselves. Meaning people will, it is human nature to put up with more and more and more injustice and
fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold... DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1 800 375 4188. That's 800 375 4188. Protect yourself and your family. across the western states grassroots movement has risen to reclaim state constitution mandated public from federal government control New Mexico and now Alaska government back in the 1960s Congressman wrote a book called The Freedom Amendment. Quite spectacular. Really. It was just paperback. It listed all cases where the federal government was violating the Constitution. States, when new states are formed, they are entitled to come in on the same footing as the original states of the Union. Original states of the Union owned all their land. State like Kansas. When Kansas became a state, Kansas is entitled to own all of the land. It starts out as the territory of Kansas. I can't find copies of it or reference to it. I'd buy a copy if I could find it. Maybe that it's out there, and I, I haven't looked strenuously, but I haven't. It does not just pop up, but to my mind it should. But I can remember the book, and the federal government at that point owned Mississippi and owned something like 98% of Alaska. There is no proviso in the federal government to own 
any territory within the State of the Union other than that which has been They own half the land, or they did half of western Mississippi. Well, what we're seeing here is an article that says, we want our land back. We want to control it. It's our state. We want to control it. Go ahead. I've got a map here, and uh, this is... One point nine. Yeah, like uh, I think what is it? That was point four. Uh, they just the New Hampshire sold off point four percent of its land to the government for. Who knows, maybe a national park, maybe a military base, whatever. That's the Constitution. You can do that, at least with the military bases. I'm not sure about the national parks per se, but Mississippi is ballpark figure. Government owns half the land west of the Mississippi. And I don't know where – now, you know what, because the Mississippi, from what I remember, this starts. should be entitled to take control of their land. I mean, and if they can and find resources there, if they care to, then they be able to support the budget and whatever. The government wants to hang out, sell the trees or whatever, and claim them for themselves, so claim the profits for themselves, I assume. I mean, uh, to have at least 51%. If you own 51% of your land, okay, you can still maybe claim to be a state of the union. Right. When you don't even own 51%, right? Right? You have a minority interest in what uh, even Oregon, 
what if sinister for the government to own all of that land? But on a sliding scale, they'd be more responsible than I can expect. Especially now, I think I wouldn't necessarily... Questioners doubt you. Fuck, if they can make a buck, they're going to make it. But is it possible, again, uh, could the feds do a better job? Or are we so sensitive to protecting the environment right now where we would tend to do a good job at the state level. They were really honestly moving towards a lot more responsible, you know, because they, you know, they clear-cutted for Terrible plan. Yeah, you know. Destroy the biome. Well, it is bad business because, and and then they they actually did start, you know, in the. parts of the forest just like you would a farm. Acceptable to any one insect that comes in and feeds on that particular tree or disease or whatever. When you have a natural forest, there is a variety of trees. Some of them go down because the Asian red beetle or whatever got in, comes into town. Have a uniform crop of trees. Uh-oh. Well, that, that is, but, you know... like balsa wood. <laughs> One little problem. Yeah. One little problem. No, actually, they're like matchsticks. But they're pretty much, uh, 
It's actually, what, a one and a half by a three? You go down there and you go, come on now, this is insane. Oh, no, no, it's the same as it's like, I can remember when. But, but the price is still high, right? Oh, sure, yeah, obviously, yes. Problem is, I talked to some other people that. side a lot faster. Cut them down and then, you know, that the reason that Al lives in these forests is out here to build the railroads, but those owls live them because they ate them. And then, you know, hey, we're done with you, get out. Well, what about my bird? Get all of you out, you know. So they're out there, and all of a sudden, they're in endangered species. economy and that'll be great. Or a service said, oh no you don't because you know what else we're doing? We're shutting down all the roads and basically saving them for future Plus, plus, you get a free side order of owls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every. Right. They're all, these are tasty. <laughs> Let's take a break for some commercial. Definitely. 
on the American Independence Hour. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Soul for Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold Four one eight eight. Protect yourself and your family. Folks, I'm Alfred Addis here with Frank Stephan on the American Independence Hour talking about salties and not topic was attempts by states to regain control of the land within their borders that the government has claimed since the states were first established. For example, when they came up with the state Oregon, for example, Okay, we're going to make you a State of the Union, but before you can be changed from a territory to State of the Union, you have to agree to leave 50-60% of the land in charge of the federal government. States are saying, Western states are saying, we want that land. It's ours. We're entitled to it. We're entitled to enter into the Union as to the other states, and especially the original states, which have virtually no federal facilities on their land. We're entitled to the same thing. They want to recover their land, and uh, we'll see where it goes. They should win, but will they? 
hard to say in this in this situation. But here's another headline from some outfit called Raw Story, which I'm not familiar with. But the headline is Militia Group Blocks Militia Groups Blocks Oregon for Bungle Style Standoff with Government Jackboots over gold mining claims. Gold miners embroiled in a Bundy style dispute with the said they had notified the miners earlier this month that they were out of compliance with BLM, Bureau of Land Management regulations, and ordered them and their equipment off the land by April 25th. The owners of Sugar Pine Mining Claims reached out to Oath Keepers, Josephine County, for help. And the pro-gun group issued a nationwide call for assistance. was picked up by websites as uh, uh, Infowars and Before It's News. And Josephine County is right there next to Medford, isn't it? Okay, so what do you know about this? Is this I know nothing about with? this, no. You know nothing about this? No, nope. I've heard the name of that, that mining area. on the internet <laughs> well i'm sure it's true because that is a mining uh, uh yeah. area they are allegedly bringing in five of them Something that five hundred. I have no idea. No, me but either. Perhaps government, like we had with the Bundy dispute down here in Texas, not too far. where the government is going to say, okay, enough of this. Broader situation where they don't stop the militia and they let them get away with winning the same way they wound up let the Bundy supporters get away with winning can they survive that? Can the Bureau of Land Management survive a second Monday incident? Back yeah, they'll just wait them out. They gonna, they'll just wait them out and come back when nobody's looking. Uh, they didn't do it with Monday. Wake up, 
I think it's gonna. I think there's gonna be more and more situations like this. You know, I mean, occupy whatever. And like the militia without without firearms. Yeah, the liberal militia with uh, you well, know, and firearms. They made up in numbers. We'd have a lot more of these demonstrations if we could get good catering. <laughs> well, that's true, you know. Probably should open up a business where we cater demonstrations. about having a, a telephone number that they could call in on. <laughs> apparently, apparently you really do have one, huh? Honestly. Let's see what he's got. Who we're talking to?
involved too. Was training for overseas. And it's not to inspire us confidence. I don't know that we need to overreact to this. I don't know that we careful not to underreact. The moment it appears that government is trying to keep profile, just like Frank said, this is surprisingly quiet. Get about it. Start loading people onto trains. You can't help but wonder about that sort of thing. There should be somebody who can explain this to us before this sort of thing goes down. What we're doing, here's why we're doing it, and this is all we're going to do, A, B, C, D, E. We have people that are pulling stunts in the dark, and we don't know why. Speculate, and we may reach incorrect conclusions. But the solution to that is to tell us what's going on in the first place. We have to have a top secret careers, and they're going to be needed as is, uh, as needed basis. They might have to walk up to 18 miles, work, something, something crazy in um, March. They're collecting people. That's what they're preparing to do. Something that's very easy to do. about this, but I remember what it was. They're talking about having role players. They were specifically looking for people who would espouse right-wing Bible thumpers and so on. their role players, but presumably also their adversaries. But illegal aliens, no problem. But no problem. Right wing? Militia hmm? or oath keepers? Whatever. Suggestion, but it also suggests who the real targets are. Whether they're coming after us now or they're going to just practice here in Jade Helm for a little while and then they'll come after us for sure later on. I don't know. Any of that true or is it all just you know, paranoia? Jade Helm 
can can go both ways. It can facilitate illegal immigrants, you know, the flood into the country. North American Union, where the contract was put out for 13 million green cards to be processed. Yeah, we live in interesting times, no question about it. Got anything else for us, Gus? Oh, yeah, I guess the last thing would be uh, court justices was asked at a university about whether he believes like a Holocaust scenario could happen here in America. I forget his exact response, but it was something like, don't be fooled that into believing that it can. Yeah. yeah. Things get desperate enough. On my count. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much. Appreciate your call. Uh, what do we got three minutes before our next break? Here's something from, let's talk about states of the United States. As opposed to states of the United States of America. Federation of 1781. Separate from each other as France is from Germany. Five years later with the Articles of Confederation, they began to draw those those newly created states, they came together in a what they called the Confederation, it was the Articles of Confederation, and Perpetual Union. States of America. Say that. This is just my interpretation. It says it expressly and in quotes, quote, the United States of America Unquote. That's the proper name of this. States of the Union, this is the perpetual union. The states of the Union are the states of the United States of America. So the Constitution, 1781, and the Constitution was 1788, seven years later. I think before we were done, the Constitution of the United States created the United States. The Articles of Confederation created or constituted the United States of America. In my opinion, these are two entirely different and separate jurisdictions, venues. They thought about it. If they understood what was happening, they would say, yeah, we're, we're of the United States of America. We're states of the Union. But it appears to me that the government has set up an alternative set of states that are states of the United States, not states of the Union. It has limited government, federal involvement in the states of the Union. There's unlimited things we're looking at or I'm looking at. Title 28, Chapter 5, and Sections 81 through, oh, what is it, goes on down to 81 through uh, 131. 
identified, for example, perspective. The problem I have with this, first off, is I know that the true and proper name for the State of the Union that we call Texas is the State of Texas in the Act of March 30, 1870, that readmitted the State of Texas back into representation in Congress, and they specifically say the name, and they specifically say it, quotes, same way they do in the Dick in the Articles of Confederation, and I know that the proper name in the State of the Union, called Texas, the proper name is the State of Texas. More than there may be a couple of variations on this. I presume that the proper name for Pennsylvania is the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Might be the state of Pennsylvania, but I think it's the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's my presumption. I don't know that to be absolutely true, but I think it probably is. But I looked at the list of 50 states. State of Texas, or the state of Pennsylvania, or the state of Oregon, and I wonder, are these states of the Union, or am I looking at a list? of the states of the United States. And part of the reason I wonder that is because five is about district courts, federal district courts, tells us where the district courts are for Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, District of Columbia. Exactly, the District of Columbia is not a state of the Union, that's for sure. Federal district courts that we see at Chapter 5 of Title 28, states of the Union. Not necessarily because they have these district courts, some of them are in the District of Columbia. And if you scroll on down the list, you will also come to Puerto Rico. Some of the district courts in this list, Title 28. So what we're seeing here is the idea that this list of federal districts, it's possible. Columbia, not a state of the union. Puerto Rico, not a state of the union. States here are also not states of the union, but they are states of the United States. Frank, shall we take some commercials and then you can give me your opinion on whether this makes any sense or not? Okay, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Stepping on the American Independence Hour, we'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned.
After the September 11th attacks, no one communications... Cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty nine ninety nine. One eight hundred three seven five forty one eighty eight. That's one eight hundred three seven five forty one eighty eight. Call now. segment of the American Independence are looking at a list of states and listed titles 28 section 180 section 81 30 131 Wyoming districts are in each of the states, but are they states of the Union or are they states of the United States? I can't prove it, but I think it's probably the case. Well, you know, I... I Sounds crazy when you just say, hey, hey, look what they're doing this, and people who. Logically, I'm drawn to them in a way that says, I think this is correct. 
what we're saying is correct. There is a kind of conspiracy going on at the highest levels of government, at the lowest levels of government, where they have some clue and they aren't saying a word. That covers the whole country. Like that's that's the thing. I don't think it's a secret. Yeah. You believe it. Well, we talked about that back in the earlier in the program. The line in the Declaration of Independence says, "All experience has shown mankind are mortal." Right thing. Overthrow the government if that's what it takes. People don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. And they will do almost anything to avoid having to take that kind of action. And will do is cognitive dissonance where you simply say, oh, no, I see this with my own two eyes, but I don't believe it. No. I'm just not, nope, nope, I'm going to close my eyes, close my ears, no, and the I'm media, not going to listen to it, I'm not going to believe this stuff. And the media and the government give you an option. They tell you the lie, and you go, well, I, I'd rather do I don't have to fight. Right. Hey, you know what else? We, we've got another caller. Oh, two in one night? Yeah. Oh. Okay, who's there? Fritz in Missouri. Hello, Fritz. Hey, well, I had to call because, you know, if you only had two calls, one call a week, I wanted to make it two calls in one night. So that was my... I do have your number programmed into my Skype. And, uh, Al, I talked to you one time. Uh, I called you after you mentioned that you spent a, a... uh, 360 days in in my in the county next to me, and uh, I talked to Frank a couple weeks ago as well. I'm a native-born St. Louis, and I had take issue with your comment earlier that the president was a black man. Lotto. All right, I get what you're I'm, saying. It's it's one okay. of the interesting questions. Really, is is he black? Is he white? What is he? How does he really identify? I, How does he? that he might be 100% Indonesian. He's He looks like an Indonesian to me. He's got the coloring and the purple lips like an Indonesian man. Didn't he spend time there? What, I believe he did. But anyway, but but really, uh, on, this, on, the, on topic here, um, I, we're talking about what jurisdiction is it, where are we, what, what is the, who, who has, who rules over what. Mm. Uh, you know, my, my friend, uh, Sanity Clause, and he's got a website, sanityclause.com. There might be a hyphen in there, Sanity Hyphen Clause. I don't think so. But um, he calls my state, Missouri, we call this the state, the government of the Missouri Bar Association. Yeah. So I would I would propose that we, we're, it's, we have a, a, a federal government of the, of the American Bar Association. And that's basically a secret society, secret, and that's the commonality, common thread that connects all of this stuff you're talking about. It's the Bar Association. So that it 
connected per se in that that's the purpose, but it protects it. My understanding and strong yeah. suspicion is that the lawyers are only licensed to practice in the alternative jurisdiction, the territorial jurisdiction, the administrative juris the administrative district jurisdiction, the state of the United States. I don't believe you can license the practice of law within a state of the union, nor do I think you have licenses to be plumbers or air conditioning repairmen or driver's licenses states of the union. But in these territories, you absolutely can. I think well, I love are ultimately, once, if anybody's in the bar that's smart enough to figure out what's going on, they're going to realize he's getting rich. Lawyers, they don't know what's going on. I, they're just struggling to make a living. Uh, but I've heard you float before, and I've floated it to some people at the courthouse, and I floated around just to see what people's reactions are. But if if we're if the state is required to accept payments of debt only in silver and gold, yep. then log, logic would logic would would tell us that. Either, either this isn't the state of Missouri, or all the tax collectors are breaking the law. That's so exactly we, right. we must be in some other jurisdiction. Yeah. Then this is not the state of Missouri. It's some other. It's some other uh, uh, entity. Uh, I yep. guess it's a bankrupt. The bankrupt state of Missouri. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to throw one thing more in real quick before we go. Before I okay. go. Um, you for a year is the same county that um, freaked out and uh, and uh, and uh, went into emergency mode two years ago when a when a young man who who has a publication in this area a tri-county publication that you could pick up at the local quick shop or whatever called uh, uh, the, he was called bulletin man okay and bulletin man these counties are very uh, catty, and everybody knows everybody else's business, and gossip runs rampant. And if there's a crooked cop, everybody knows it. And, you know, we have a gal who got pregnant in jail, and the cop got off, you know, a, a prisoner who was impregnated while she was in jail. But um, so this guy, uh, Jeffrey Winehouse, and you can find his name. You can find him at copblock.org. You can find stories about Winehouse. Yep. Jeffrey Winehouse wrote articles and stories about all the dirty cops in these counties. And he ran, he was, two years ago, he was running for coroner in county, and he outwardly said, I'm running for coroner because I'm going to bust all these guys when I get elected. Because, you know, a coroner has, has jurisdiction, he can arrest the sheriff and so on. So, um Nick, uh, Governor Nixon's Highway Patrol, and uh, and um, they attempted to assassinate this guy, and now he's in prison for for these something years or the rest of his life. Jeffrey Winehouse, they uh, set him up and stole all his computers that he used to to make this publication with, and then offered to give the computers back, and they wanted to meet him at. Some rotation somewhere with, and he went there to meet them, and he he was wearing a, a, a revolver on his side, which is legal in this state, 
and they shot him down within, you know, 30 seconds. They shot him down, hit him in the head 